1: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky,
2: Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm
0: with Honky. Uh, I'll be putting on a free pick session for any Redcasters, <coughs> Dave, <coughs> uh, who may need help making their picks for this week.
2: If I only had that Nebraska game, man, it would have gotten me over the top. I'm also with Mac.
3: Hey, Redcasters, sorry about the 15-minute delay. We had a little bit of weather coming through. Uh, We promised to try to get this off properly. And if not, just hold on to those stubs, because I'm sure we'll we'll make it
1: up eventually.
2: (laughs) We're playing the game at some point. I'm also with Boomer.
1: Well, I'd just like to reach out to Athletic Director Moose and just like to remind him that the Redcast does have an open date on October 27th, so if you'd like to get something together, I'm sure we can talk something up. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure we're a worthy opponent. Uh, Well, guys, I got to admit, it's probably one of the most disappointing Saturday nights I've had in a long, long time. Uh, The anticipation, the excitement uh, to get the tunnel walk, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, and then for it to be just ripped out of our hands and uh, some, some two hours and 40 minutes later completely eliminated from our... Our lives, the joy of the happiness of just seeing Nebraska play football did not occur on Saturday night. Honky, what were your uh, initial uh, reactions?
0: Uh, It was like a – I feel like I'm at like a, you know, uh, an AA meeting or some kind of meeting where it's like there's like four stages to get out of it. I was like the first stage was just, you know, this acceptance and then it grew to anger and then, you know, I tried to pretend it didn't happen. But, oh, my gosh, I just – McGuire was over, her Mac was over at the house and and you know, then at the very end about 10:30 at night they're like, "Hey, it's going to be played tomorrow morning." Yes, okay, well, at least going to play it and then they take that away the the emotions. That was uh that was a rough one. How about what did you think, Mac?
3: Yeah, similar. I mean, they pushed it back 15 minutes, which was okay cuz we kind of got the grill started late. And I'm like, "Well, this actually worked out to our favor, you know." <laughs> They get the tunnel walk-off, and I don't care. I don't know how most people felt about it. I was, I was excited to see Frost walk out of that tunnel. And I'm, I guess I'm glad that that part happened. When Sienna come out with that laser-like focus and just the, the intensity of the crowd, I mean, I was ready for football. They kick off. Goes, you know, touchback, no big deal. Adrian Martinez, we've got the ball first. Here we go. And then that guy walks out on the field. Butch hug. Yeah. And, and it's just like, what? No. And then just it the waiting game was just maddening. I'm like, there should have been a clock. There should have been something telling us, you know, oh, I got delayed another 30 minutes. Oh, I got delayed another 30 minutes. It's just I'm not over it, but I'm dealing with it. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'll get <laughs> I'll get through it all. all right, Michael, where are we at, Boomer?
1: Well, I was there, so, you know, it was a kind of a similar experience, uh, just, you know, totally different angle. Just coming out, you know, seeing the teams warming up, seeing the practicing, the marching band, all that hoopla finally paying off, so that was great. Uh, the tunnel walk, yeah, yeah, in the stadium, I don't think it came across that great, but um, the, the sound was, the quality of sound wasn't very good. It was hard to hear exactly what was going on, so that mixing was off, and then a bunch of the screens got off sync with each other, so that was kind of awkward. Really? Yeah, yeah. The big screens were way off with some of the smaller, you know, side screens, so that was kind of awkward, and then, the, you know, serious, it was just kind of short, and by the time the stadium finally starts clapping in rhythm, they moved on to something else, you know, and it, it so it was, that's rough, so, but if that's, it would have been the only real disaster that night, that would have been great, but unfortunately then we kick off, and then, Everyone heads for the hills, and no one really explains to us in the stands what was going on right away. Boomer, uh, how
2: long did you uh, last in the stands waiting for... Mm.
1: Uh, I lasted in the stands for quite a while. Um, if you went through and looked, gosh, I don't remember when I finally ducked for cover inside the concourse there. It would have been well after 9 o'clock.
2: Yeah, you are there for a couple hours, right? Oh, I was
1: there. Yeah. yeah, I was there. One of the bitter enders. Um, I usually am at most games. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I stuck out, out in the elements until somewhere in that 9 nine thirty range when I decided to duck down and make sure Moose, or, you know the runs improvements that Moose instituted were still going strong. And, and I'm happy to report they are. They were still excellent and temperature was adequate. So that was good. And then it was mostly just kind of just my usual wandering around the stadium, see what I could get into that time of day. It was just kind of, it looked almost like a refugee camp in some spots. There were just people just sprawled out all over yeah. the floors wherever they could and just kinda of sitting there looking generally confused and then I finally wandered down to the main concourse and watched the little history screens to catch while Jumbo Steam's, you know, records popping up there a few times for fun. <laughs> and and well, when we were down there at one point the the screens finally came up and said the game was, you know, was cancelled and they'll let us know more. And that was yeah, that was that. So
2: Yeah, obviously a disappointment. Uh Honky, Mac, any any thoughts on uh, the tunnel walk commentary there by Boomer? Uh, I know it's been a point of interest for hockey in particular.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess it was it was probably two different experiences, you know, being there and then on, on TV. But um, it sounds like they were not quite in mid-season form as far as I, I – you know, I also heard that the flyby was a little out of sync with the fireworks and whatnot. But I think the overall energy of the crowd – that came across through TV big time, and I'm, I'm yeah. curious, Mike Boomer, if if that's if you felt like that at least. I mean, when Frost came walking out of there, man, the look on his face was just stone cold assassin. I mean, oh, I was yeah. Yeah. so excited. I mean, until Tanner Farmer grabbed him and kind of shook him up. I heard he said something like, "This one's for you, Coach," and then he kind of broke the ice a little bit, man. But that that was super cool to me. I I, I haven't been that excited for a game, and I cannot tell you how long. And and consequently. The the loss of that game actually felt like a loss to me. I was telling yeah. Nicole, my wife, I was like, I am USC mad right now. You know the time when USC came down and, and beat the heck out of us on <laughs> national TV? I was just unusually upset I, about that game. I, I caught myself the next
0: day. Kathy and I, we were driving to the Nebraska State Fair, and I caught myself. And I knew, as I was saying, I was like, this is so stupid. But I said, I was like, oh, my God, I just – even if we would have played last night, even if we would have lost, at least we would have played the game. And Kathy looks at me, she's like, you would have rather us lost last night? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't have. But still, that's but that's how it felt, I guess. As far as the tunnel walk went, though, I did think I loved how they started with the Sirius. And we've talked about this multiple times. I think you always incorporate it somehow into it. It's a rhythmic kind of clapping thing. It gets people going in unison. And if you want to break it off from there and go into some other music, I'm totally fine with that. But I thought that they did a really nice job of blending old with new there. So um, that
3: part of it, uh, no complaints. Let's face it, Memorial Stadium can clap in unison for about five claps anyway. And then it's (laughs) way off. So that might as well quit quick. That's true. Clap, clap, and then it's over. I did
2: feel like, you know, when there's a loss, the next day I, I try to avoid reading everything for a bit just because I just like I'm angry enough the way it is I don't need to read somebody else's uh you know musing on a, on a loss but here it was just like there's no, I mean there's all this anticipation and then I had nothing to turn to the next day to to actually read any content I'm waiting for you know Tom Chattel and Sam McCune and anything And there's like nothing I mean like you know Siple's giving us a rundown of the contract. I'm like, great. This is this is what I'm reading on a Sunday afternoon. Come on, guys.
0: <laughs> well, one of my favorite Twitter guys that we follow is uh, Chaz in SoCal, and he wrote something I thought was kind of cool. I, I think I retweeted it for us. But he basically equated that Colorado was the start of our downturn in 2001. I was at that game, luckily back then and anyways so that was the beginning of our turnaround and now not playing last week trying to put kind of a nice bow on the the fact that we didn't play akron was that now colorado can be part of the turnaround they are the first game this weekend that that we play now with the frost era starting and, and i guess you know i'll i'll take that
2: yeah well we'll get into see you here quite a bit here in the rest of the show but let's put a bow on this for just a little bit um obviously some talk has been out there that we may try to still play a 12th game uh that could either be on december 1st if we don't make the big 10 championship game stories of iowa state who also had their game canceled that's a possibility possibility of kansas city um possibility to fill something in in a bye week boomer any real real thoughts are you optimistic do you want to see this happen is it we're gonna have have enough wins for the bowl bowl anyway, right? So why worry about this? Yeah,
1: I mean if we're taking Hunky's Week One prediction success with you know <laughs> any truth, we're guaranteed to be in you know championship games. That December first game is off; the bowl you know is no concern. So I think we're probably okay letting it skate. Uh, yeah, I, I guess looking at it realistically, <laughs> you know that December first slot is kind of tricky because there is that potential, you know whether it's us or Iowa State or whoever we're trying to pencil in might still be in contention for a conference championship game, and it's going to be hard to schedule that in. You know, you're going to have to wait till probably deep into October to know for sure. So, you know, that that could be tricky. And then just trying to find uh, teams to fit into that bye week. You know, I, I, I hate to lose a bye week right before we play Ohio State. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of yeah. depth as is. Agreed. I, I don't really want to have, you know, play a game against a meaningless opponent, you know, which is probably what we'd end up having to, you know, wedge into that you know if they you know, if they felt it's necessary and wanted to play it I guess sure let's see what we can do but
2: uh sure i mean yeah. UCF actually missed a game last year just like this actually their Georgia Tech game was not made up um they did actually reschedule some stuff um but they they had a really hectic beginning of their year and they still were able to to pull that together um you know honky mac any any thoughts on this uh you know kind of outcome well i have a I have an interesting trivia
0: question since I don't think we're going to do one later in the show. I'll ask it now, and it kind of pertains to this. What two teams have the longest consecutive bowl streak right now in the country?
2: There's two teams. They have the same streak going on right now.
0: It's number one and number two. They're not the same number of years, but one team has number one, one team was number two.
2: Well, Florida State got theirs last year. They made it to a bowl. So mm-hmm. Florida State is one of those two. I'll put money on that.
0: They are number one with 36 years. Ooh, here we go. And the number two team is?
2: It's Vod Tech, isn't it? I was and just going to say Virginia Tech. I think Tech. they said yeah. that tonight. Virginia yeah. Tech
0: tonight uh, yeah. with, 20, with 25 games. And the reason I bring this up, Dave, you just mentioned it, with Florida State, they got there last year. They got to the 36th. They beat Nebraska. We right, right. had a 35-year streak ourselves between 69 and 03. And how did Florida State do it? They had a game against Louisiana Monroe get suspended because of the, the hurricane, and in the exact same scenario that is basically being talked about right now, um, Florida State ended the year five and six. They weren't going to make it to a bowl game; they would have lost their bowl streak. But then they played this one kind of meaningless game, so to speak. They rescheduled it for early December, played it, and that's what got them into a bowl game.
2: And that um, was they they actually played the team that they were supposed to play initially. They played, yeah, it Correct. would be akin to us
0: playing Akron on December first. Which we won't need to because, to Boomer's point, we're going to be in the Big Ten title, as I predicted a week ago.
2: Right, (laughs) obviously. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of blame getting thrown out there on Saturday night and Sunday, and I, I, I don't think it's easy to blame anybody. I mean, it's the first time that... Nebraska had to cancel a game due to weather in 128 years of football. And so for the folks saying, oh, they should have saw this coming. Why didn't they move the game up, etc." I mean, I was watching the weather reports all Saturday, and it felt like they were going to at least get a first half in. And, again, if you've never ever canceled a game before, you're thinking to yourself, okay, we can survive a thunder strike, a lightning strike. We'll, you know, delay the game and start back up again. We're going to finish this thing. Guys, any thoughts on that? I, I really don't. I feel like that was undue to, to blame everyone saying they should have figured this out beforehand. But, I mean, you could blame Akron for already, you know, pulling out and being on the airplane. But,
3: you know, it, it's super easy to say that as a fan. And I get it. I was yeah. definitely one of those people hollering about it. I looked at the forecast all day. But the logistics of putting on a sporting event of that size is just monumental. I mean, from the. From the support staff down to you know the team doctors, all the way you know the t v and and half of it isn 't even up to like people keep calling off for Bill Moose, so much of this wasn 't even on you know his decision to make i mean the the networks and the and the conference has to get on board with this, so it 's frustrating it 's hard to watch, but most people live in Nebraska. storms blow through fast, you know this one yeah. just sat on us and stayed on us, and then after that, the next one was coming, so it was a bummer, it was a bad deal. It was such a late kickoff anyway that there was no way that we could just keep pushing it back. So hard, hard, hard deal. This and, and Frost said it today. This staff their staff is a little bit snake bitten on this. It's happened a few times to them. Yeah. All, so who knows? Th- this
0: was frustrating. Mac and I had our aura weekend last weekend. I posted a few things about that. So on Aura Day, Friday, we were down on campus and that was something we were looking at the forecast and there was plenty of discussion about how this could be a possibility that there could be some bad things going on that night at the end of the day we want to blame people we want you always want to assign blame to any issue but at the end of the day the one thing they could have does they could have kicked it off earlier right but what would it take to do that it would require coordination between a network and i think the conference had some say in that too and it just became a thing where you know it just it just didn't happen right and then i want to put i want to assign blame to akron but at the end of the day they didn't have a place to stay exactly and then yeah it wasn't a Perfect option to stay in 10 different hotels all around the area and then get back to m-
2: together tomorrow
0: morning at 1030
2: to, to yeah, play. They would have had like five hours of sleep at best and had to go right back out. There's a lot of things that, yeah, yep. I hear you. All right, Honk, let's uh, move on to our mailbag. What do we have? Okay, uh,
0: picked a couple out here this week from the mailbag. Uh, first one's from Ben Connor from Colorado. And uh, his question was, any thoughts on this game after seeing – CU Speed versus Colorado State and not seeing Nebraska on the field yet. I know we're going to get into Colorado here in a little bit, but just maybe the fact that we've got to see them once and we haven't seen us yet. Dave, uh, how about you?
2: Sure. Obviously, I watched the CUSU game here. Uh, I was at Mile High, and uh, CU looked good. Uh, just Let's just say that. Uh, now, if producer Skip was on the show tonight, he'd be, uh, you know um, – questioning how good his CSU Rams are this year. They struggled in week zero versus Hawaii, and they are going to be playing Arkansas next week and then Florida, so they're likely going to be 0-4. He uh, is not happy with Mike Bobo at all, so I guess you have to question uh, the level of competition that CU played on Friday night, but they did look good. They looked fast. Steven Montez, who has been there now for several years, uh, seems to have really upped his game. He, I think, he hit 22-25 with four touchdowns. And so they look sharp. Uh, wide receivers look explosive. So we're going to find out.
0: You know what? I think that's that's a pretty good uh, breakdown right there. Uh, let's go to the other question. This is from W.C. Booth. Um, so he's probably Bummy? 135 years old now, I guess. But, <laughs> nice. But uh, he... He asks us why doesn't the university recognize any football conference championships prior to 1928 in in Memorial Stadium, and I can't think of anyone better to you know direct this question to than Boomers. So have at it.
1: You know that's a good question. I've asked that before myself. I honestly don't know. I haven't been able to find a good reason. Uh, if you know, if you go to the Memorial Stadium, you look at the the year you know the year championships they put up there. They start in what is it 1928, I believe, the first year you know the Big Six. Was in existence, yeah. and then, you know, then it carries on from there, leaving an odd gap, you know, for the last few decades. But beside the point. Uh, but yeah, there's a whole slew of uh, conference titles that just aren't recognized on Memorial Stadium, and I don't know why. From the, when we were in the Missouri Valley, uh, you know, inter athletic conference uh, back in the you know 19 teens, we have at least five under all Jumbo Steam alone that we never claimed, and uh, one under uh, uh, I believe WC King Cole won a won a title as well. So I honestly don't know why those aren't put on there. We claim them. We put it in the media guide. We say we were champions of the Missouri Valley in those years. I I don't know. I honestly have no idea why they are. I'm going to try to dig into that more this week. I saw that same tweet. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's some people at the university who haven't blocked my email yet, so I'm going to reach out to them and try (laughs) to find out.
0: Well, and Boomer, you know, considering that we are such a a tradition-rich historic program akin to a program like Michigan... Or Notre Dame and those kind of schools. I mean, Michigan claims everything. If they had a water boy, you know, score touching out at the end of a game. I mean, they all they American, claim, yeah, all American from eighteen ninety two. They'll claim everything. So it's amazing that to that point that we don't have some numbers up there that seem. Yeah, I mean, they're they're real numbers. If we won yeah. them. Why wouldn't we post them?
2: So Boomer probably can answer this, but I'll ask this to Honky and Mac. Can you name the schools that are on the Memorial Stadium? The Shields, like. On the East Stadium, that like the, I think that would be from the Missouri Valley Conference. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Yeah, when so it got and, yeah,
2: so Boomer, I'm sure, could, but this is like, you get into like,
0: I think there's Drake might be on it, and there's one of them's like Wofford, and, and there's some pretty the two, bizarre.
2: The two that I know that are pretty bizarre, I'm pretty sure Grinnell is on there. That's oh, yes. right. And then Washington University of St. Louis. That's yes. right. <laughs> mm hmm. No, nope, they're old uh, Missouri Valley foes, and actually, yep. ironically,
1: uh, we had a game canceled against Grinnell, actually, back in ah. 1898, uh, one of our few canceled games in the past. Not entirely sure why it was canceled. The best I can find is that there was some sort of dispute over who was going to be officiating the game, so Grinnell pulled out, so that's <laughs> the best I can do.
2: So. Uh, that's great stuff. A <laughs> little shady activities going a on bit, in 1898, yeah. apparently. Is Grinnell
1: still know. around? Yeah, they're, they're the Grinnell pioneers.
2: Pacific. Yeah, they still play football. They're still a, still a program. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, just very small. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, dive into more CU talk. Uh, we have a lot to talk forward with since we have nothing to talk back at, right, guys? Even Not even one series, Dave. I, I mean, know. Nothing.
3: One series. That's all I was asking. We had the ball first. I would have watched and rewatched that. 17,000 times. <laughs>
2: I'm well, so sad.
0: <laughs> so sad. I, I got to say this. We've had a couple of questions about uh, that were sent to us. Did Divine Zigbo run onto the field to start the offense? And I I rewatched about 10 times like I'm watching a play. I rewatched the team running onto the field and all you can tell is thank God they put the area codes on the helmet. I can tell that I think it was 619 is on the helmet of who the running back is but you don't really get to see the right the, the body much you just see kind of the face and 619 is california that's greg bell so i my my response to those people that asked us was i think
2: it was greg bell
0: right hard to say could have been a two-back set love love the area codes uh,
2: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i do want to know if honky can name all the 308 area code players on the team uh i think you you texted me that
0: earlier. Was I even remotely close with the number? Like you said I, how many three oh eights? And I said twenty. I was just I know we have fifty nine guys on the team from Nebraska, and I was guessing one third
2: of them, roughly twenty, would be 308 eighters
0: versus 402ers. but I
2: bet bet Boomer can look look that up. I, I did not actually back up my question with actual research, so I, I don't I think give you an answer on whether you were close or not. Hey, you're becoming uh,
0: more like me every day, Dave. I never back up my answers. That's right. Yeah, research. I'm just
2: following in suit. Well, let's let's start the you talk a little bit here with, and I, I was fortunate enough, uh, I have a lot of CU friends out here, so I've chatted with several of them, and uh, they gave me their two cents, so I'll try to add that in as we, we talk about this preview a little bit, but Mac and Honky, maybe kick it off a little bit with just a simple kind of uh, strategy here of is it a how big an advantage or disadvantage now for both CU and NU that we didn't play and now CU did play right I mean we have some tape on them they don't have anything on us but yet we didn't get a break in our our freshman quarterback we didn't get to see guys like Maurice Washington just kind of get into game action Uh, what's the, the pros and cons of not playing at all against an opponent who has played a game
0: that's a it's a great question. I mean, we are the ultimate kind of, oh, it's hard for Colorado to be picking what we're going to do because we haven't played a game yet, and it's the new staff, right? So right. they can, of course, look at UCF stuff from a year ago. But in general, um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be hard to prepare for us right now. Mac and I were talking about this a little bit earlier tonight. One of the things from a preparation standpoint that I think gives Nebraska an advantage that we couldn't have said a year ago is the style that colorado offensively played they they did some spread and some you know some tempo things that can be difficult to prepare for and they have some speed in some of those those spread positions the the wide receiver spots and everything i'm not worried about our preparation for that because of what we have now in place with frost the the practices not just being physical and tackling i mean tackling is going to be important colorado state tackled horrible they were multiple times when they could have brought a guy down and the and there was 10 extra yards after after contact so that stuff you know I but I'm confident from a practice standpoint we we have done a good job to prepare for that but then we're going to be prepared to play a tempo offense I just I, I feel like we will be so I guess that's maybe that's on on our side but
3: what do you think Mac well that's what a lot of the players alluded to as well in the press conferences today is I, I feel like Although we didn't get a chance to play week one. And I'm having a hard time spinning that as a good thing in terms of preparation for this game. But if you look, here's your here's your positives. Nobody got hurt. Yep. right? They don't have any film on us. And we have no tendencies that they could lean on to. I mean, they could look back at UCF. But even that, our personnel is considerably different than what UCF was dealing yep. with. We don't have a running back like Adrian Killens and USCF didn't have a running back like Devino Zigbo. So I don't know how we're going to do that. You know, how much we're going to use the tight ends. How eight, you know, with with Martinez, what's what's how much is the running quarterback going to be a factor? I don't know. But Colorado run their quarterback a lot. So I we're going to have to be disciplined on defense. We're going to have to tackle better than I've ever seen this particular defensive personnel group tackle. Our cornerbacks are going to be challenged. So those are things that I'm concerned about, I, you know, and I just don't have any feeling one way or the other based on no games played. Uh, we're going to have to be disciplined, though, and we're going to have to—we'll be hyped, though. It'll yeah. be at home, and the and the, cl- and the crowd's going to be electric, even more so if you can believe it than the first week, because now we're so hungry for a win. It's going <laughs> to be tough. It's, we're so hungry for a game. Anything. But
0: Dave, a series. I think, Dave, and, and I'll ask this to you, it sounds like we should probably cover two guys,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the stat sheet for CU, and I, I heard about these guys before the season uh, from from my, my sources, if you will, but um, this uh, Chenault uh, guy and then Katie Nixon, both those guys had huge nights on Friday, and that's a really about it, right? We had uh, one guy rack up over 200 yards and then the, and another one over 100. 17 catches for 200 and or 300 and some yards between those two. Everybody else is just chump change. So it's interesting to see if they're not going to be able to rely on that, those, those two as heavily, you would think, if we can game plan around that. But it is going to be a challenge uh, for our cornerbacks. And I think these guys are also lining a bit up in slot too. So they're going to be moving around the field. Uh, but they are explosive, yeah. There's also, I mean, we have been –
3: digging into colorado for recruits lately too so i mean yeah. this is
2: kind of a big game in
3: terms of a recruiting aspect sure. we're going after those guys hard so a win here kind of goes a long way in kind of further cementing our prowess in that state as far as you know their top and keeping in the 500 mile radius and getting the top guys out of there
0: hey how about this for a way too early question on the season how how good is montez how well does he rank in the QBs that we're going to play against? we got to see Patter- We got to see Patterson play a little bit. You know, obviously, his first game with Michigan there, and, and we're already considering him to be one of the better ones that we're going to play against. But, I mean, Montez, I would put him – my God, the guy was 22 of 25, and that's pretty good against Air, which is actually better than CSU's defense.
2: So. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Air in this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well – So yeah, Montez uh, has had a lot of promise here over the last several years, and uh, he struggled at times, and I think uh, a lot of that's been commitment to the game. Uh, He was always kind of out of shape, maybe relied too much on his arm strength, those type of things, which is crazy to think about, but he essentially was was not in good condition, uh, and he's lost a lot of weight, he's in better shape. And then he went down to the, the Manning passing camp, which we've all heard of a million times before. But he had a very good uh, Manning passing camp, and he's got the arm, arm, and and the body type to take this to the next level, I suppose. But he's always been underperforming. Punch. Well, I've heard Billy Devaney said he was going to go to the next level
0: from the
3: Manning <laughs> camp. So, and Billy Devaney doesn't care about players being in shape whatsoever. So, I mean, he sky's the limit.
0: Devaney wouldn't just say that about anybody.
2: No, no, no. no. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it'll be interesting to to see. I don't know about the the CU defense uh, as much. Uh, uh, Again, the CSU offense just looks anemic. So, really hard to figure out what we we saw there on the field Friday night uh, from a quality of play standpoint.
0: Yeah, but, you know, obviously it does now, instead of opening the season against Akron, we're opening now, you know, on ABC National TV, there, get Power Five. I mean, we're going to be one of the one of the big games of the day, and uh I mean, it's 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 interesting to to see how. I I think what I saw tonight with like uh, Florida State, Virginia Tech. What I saw last night with Miami, and uh, and LSU, and a couple of other games, even Notre Dame and Michigan. I saw some teams that started the se- started the season out on offense really slow. It took them about two to three quarters to finally kind of kick it in, and then the fourth quarter they they started doing something, but it just wasn't enough. They they had already fallen too far behind. Sure. I think that's the thing with Nebraska is is just to, to start off not fast. Fast is the wrong word, even though we're using tempo, but just to start off well, not not you know execute cough the ball. Yeah, execute, not cough the ball up and do a bunch of dumb things for the first. 2 to 3 quarters and find yourself down 17 points going into the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden we go on some, you know, crazy, you know, comeback, we get a couple touchdowns but but we just don't quite get it. That's how I envision us losing if we do. I really cuz I don't think this is a I don't look at this as a loss. I've said that a number of times.
3: Well, there's the adage of you get your biggest improvement is week 1 to week 2, right? And and yeah. and this is what ah. we're losing going into this game That's and that, and that concerns me a little bit. But that being said, Frost also said this is the best Monday practice he's ever had a team have. I mean, I I'm, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but that's a good sign. Yep. There is value.
0: I think there's value in what we ended up getting out of Saturday night, which was our team, for not playing a game, saw an entire pre-game warm-up, everything. The, the coaches talked. We walked through the tunnel. They they ran onto the field. I mean, everything it's a full was— full-dress rehearsal, for everything sure. Everything was— and no injuries. Was, yeah, no, no injuries. No fatigue, they no accomplished nothing, right? everything other than playing the game.
3: Even the recruits, the the yeah. you know, the official visitors had a great time. You know, it's
0: so. I mean, just it's uh... not that part's not going to be new for the new guys. For the especially a guy like Adrian Martinez. I mean, he knows the routine now all the way up to kickoff and I guess past kickoff because we actually did kick it off. So, I mean, there is some value in that. I, I. That's not going to be the difference between us winning or losing, but, I mean, I do at least want to say that that, that part of it did happen.
3: Perhaps CU is overconfident because of how bad CSU is. Sorry again, Skip. Certainly good. But, you know, maybe they've they, who, who knows? I, I, I don't know
2: what to expect from our team well, necessarily. C,
0: CSU clearly didn't improve that much from week one to week two. So Well, if they did,
2: <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, again, it, sorry, there Skip. Was, there was no advantage for CSU getting a game in, under their belts before playing CU. That didn't them no good whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, or sadly, maybe right. it did. Yeah. yeah, maybe that was a better performance by, by CSU. It, it, will, uh, it will make, if we win, though,
3: it'll make the win that much better. Because cause Colorado did come out and look good against CSU. True. You know, they're a Pac-12 opponent. And, you know, as opposed to, like, winning against Akron this week, if that's what would have happened, this game would actually mean a little something on a national scale if we come out and look good and beat them regardless of it being at home or not. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to be gained. And if we do, the way the rest of the Big 10 looked, it doesn't scare me. Ohio State's legit. Everybody else, everybody else is suspect. Yeah. Uh, this, this I mean, this gets into a little bit of a of a
0: more of a Big 10 and national talk, but you just mentioned nationally. I mean, this last weekend and we posted a couple of things on Twitter with this, there was some very there was some national love coming our way. We had on ESPN Game Day, we had um David Pollock talk about you know who would be who, what out of all the new coaches who has the best five-year plan and he went right into to Frost
2: who has the best five-year plan I, I, I'll take
3: Scott Frost I, I think Scott Frost this offseason everybody wanted Scott Frost but his alma mater called and you just listen to him talk the level of confidence mm-hmm. slash arrogance, whatever yeah. you want to call it, yeah. I like that. I think he'll build a heck of a program in Nebraska. I think he'll be competitive year one, but I think year two, year three, you're going to start to see Nebraska. It's a good come one. Back.
0: Uh Tim Brando, who is going to do the game, and and both the things he said right at the intro of the game, and then today he was on Paul Feinbaum, He is let's just let's just put it nicely. He's very high on Frost. I mentioned generational moments, Spencer, because there's no question a chance to be and i believe he will be the most impactful division one coach in college football since nick saban was hired in tuscaloosa 11 years ago to the point yeah. of we're going to win national titles and and he's the biggest uh, coaching hire since nick saban in tuscaloosa that kind of high so we got we got exposed to a little bit
2: of that national yep, that's talk. that's right that's great stuff great stuff All right, well, you know, college football was definitely at the forefront of uh, everybody's uh, TV sets this weekend, starting on Thursday night all the way through here on Monday night as we're doing the show. Uh, I made it out to uh, Blake Street Tavern, one of the biggest sports bars here in Denver, on Friday. I was watching the Michigan State game. Uh, I ran into the owner there, and uh, I, I took a photograph of a Buffalo head because we've had this conversation, Boomer, you know this well, about Mr. Chip or Mr. Chips, I'm always getting confused on how that how that rolls. But that was a a trophy game between NU and CU, right? Back in the in the 50s. Yeah, correct. It started uh, 1951, I believe. Yeah, they started
1: exchanging a uh, buffalo head. You know, it was the Nebraska Innocence Society and then the uh, Heart and Dagger Society of. Uh Colorado was a senior society they had who pledged to do nothing useful was their basic uh, motto. So
2: My understanding is is the Hart and Dagger Society does not exist any longer. Is that right? It's really
1: difficult to find. I, I don't see too much of a record of them anymore, but I haven't through Well, a it sounds like recent, they yeah, took records. Mr.
2: Chips and just went away, right? Because in 1962, it just vanished. They had it and was allegedly misplaced at some point in
1: 1962. Uh, so it's been rustled, stolen, hanging in somebody's basement as we
2: speak. We're not sure. So I took this photograph on Friday and I sent it to you guys saying, Hey, this could be Mr. Chip. And uh boomer, you you're now on the hunt as uh as a uh a buffalo boomer to uh find Mr. Chip, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's not just a hunt,
2: Dave. This is a quest. So it's a quest ah. for Mr.
1: Chips, so it, it he does <laughs> need to be found. Uh, or at least we'd need some questions answered. So uh, if uh, for our listeners would like to go to our Twitter feed, the GoBigRedCast, you can certainly uh, check that story out. And uh, we've got your photo posted, Dave, and we're inviting all of our listeners to start hunting the greater Great Plains area for, you know, wherever you can find uh, Buffalo Head. Let's, we'll we're gonna do some
2: forensic science here, trying to match up the photographs that our, our followers send into in us compared to the actual photograph of Mr. Chip that we do have from the 50s and maybe maybe we can find it right maybe well, it's out there better idea than anyone else
1: has had lately for it so yeah I th- certainly think we should do this as a hashtag uh, who has mr. chips so please uh, listeners let's let's get this started hopefully maybe we'll get
2: lucky and find it in less than a week so, maybe we can bring if we don't get it this year let's bring it back by next year right we got see you here in Boulder in 2019 so hopefully we, we can pull that off um, you know I mean maybe maybe we'll we'll just see it show up at the tailgate the RedCast tailgate is this Saturday uh, there in Lincoln. Uh, I know that all the RedCast will will be there and ready to go. Uh, we're going to be a huge RedCast banner. Uh, we'll send out some information on the location. Uh, Honky, Mac, you guys excited to uh, to have some festivities there with us? I'm
3: terribly excited, Dave. I'm terribly excited for any kind of football from <laughs> Nebraska <laughs> whatsoever. But but if we get a whole bunch of Buffalo heads there all the better. That would be. And awesome. we could have a who is Mr. Chips out of all of it. I mean, I imagine a at this of point if, if the thing came in the in the 50s, right? Yeah. Yes. It's going to be pretty mangy. So don't be showing up with some fresh-looking buffalo head and trying to, you know, tell us what it is. It could we're going to be, gonna be kind of, We're going to want proof. We're going to want some certificates of authenticity. <laughs> but we'll give you some chili. We'll give you a little uh
2: Coors Banquet beer. We clearly wow. need to It'll go be a back. Good time. Where are we going to be at for that, guys? Find, exactly. Yeah, we're going to be at the. Uh, I think it's called the N Street Lot, uh, underneath the O Street Overpass, uh, right there in the Haymarket. And it's a great location. Uh, we'll have the RV there, whole nine yards. So it's going to be a blast. Pretty
3: close to Crawdaddy's, right? Correct.
0: Okay. Well, was and now there's even a, a grocery store that just opened up, the Canopy Market, which is right across the street. So. You know, if we forget any last minute, you know, details, that they'll have stuff there. We also have a, another RV that we've parked with the last couple of years. Uh, I don't want to give his name away. Alan O. No, <laughs> former a, sponsor. Sorry, A. O. Depaul. That's uh, right. it, but uh, so he'll yeah, former sponsor. He'll uh he'll probably park near us, and so we kind of have a, a nice setup. We'll try to get with two two RVs, plenty of facilities, and TV and and uh, all the food and drink and and let's you know come on down if you guys are listening to us and if you like the red cast we're not making any money doing this you know we just needed your praise and right. if you came down and gave it to us that's what that would shower be great. us
2: we're bring
3: some praise. bison yes. meat
2: we'll grill it up yeah <laughs> yeah, bring some meat and we'll grill it up too for you i mean fine that would be classic actually that'd be awesome uh All right, guys, anything else on on, uh, Mr. Chip? Uh, I think this will be an active uh, Twitter search here for the next week or so. Right, Boomer?
1: Well, let's hope so. So he's out there. It must be found. Excellent, excellent. So as you're going around, Redcasters, if you see a
3: buffalo head someplace, take a picture, hashtag it, tweet it at us.
2: We'll see what we can do. Yep. Mr. Chip. Redcast predictions. Alright guys, let's head into the weekly pickums. Uh last week was not one that I would like to remember. It was probably my worst week ever in all of college football. Uh I'm I'm thankful that Nebraska didn't play because apparently I went one and eight. Um, and honky actually went what'd you go, Honk? Seven and two, is that right?
0: Well, what's six more than you? You went one yeah. and eight,
2: one plus six,
0: carry the
2: seven, seven and two, seven, seven and, two, and two, two. So I've I've spotted a Honky a nice little lead here, but I feel I can reel him back in because well it's Honky. So, but uh, it was not a, a friendly week for most of us. Uh, so uh, we'll have ten more games. Obviously, a Honky, we can uh, promote the the pickem on Yahoo. Uh, even if you missed last week, you can still join us on the Redcast Pickem uh, because we us. drop. Uh, the worst four weeks so still get in you still be ahead of me right now pretty much so'll <laughs> <laughs> be ready yeah to go. you can drop this
0: week Dave so that's the yeah
2: that's the yeah I'm part. not worried there uh, all right guys let's let's uh, hit the week two picks we've got quite a few that I think will probably be the um, all the same on but let's just run them through quick here and we'll knock them out all right let's start with uh, mrs B state. Uh, going to Manhattan and playing K-State. Is everybody taking Mississippi State here? I know I sure am.
0: That's an affirmative. I am definitely taking
2: that. Yep. Boomer? Yep. All right. I'd like to see if K-State actually pull it off. But anyway. Kansas is a basketball state. <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> well, we know that the, uh, uh, the, the uh, Nichols t- uh, game that they uh, were able to beat KU in overtime, they avoided the biggest upset of the week there. The Jayhawks, right? So. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got here. UCLA goes to Oklahoma. Everybody taking the Sooners? Boomer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not a chance for uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Georgia at South Carolina. I'm taking I'm Georgia. Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, Georgia. Yep. Uh, Clemson. Goes to Texas A&M. I think this is an interesting matchup, but um, I don't think A&M is quite there yet under Fisher. I'm, I'm taking the Tigers. Anyone else? Tigers. I'm going to go with A&M on this one.
0: I, you know, let's
1: let's throw a little little care
0: to him he here. He has a
2: lead, folks, and he immediately thinks he can just like, oh, oh I'll just just take a chance here. I'm I'll take a feeling flyer. Feeling strong, man. I like
0: it. Well, number one, I don't care. <laughs> and number two, Jimbo Fisher. You know, if there's anybody out there that's going to know this great Clemson defense, and they have a great defense, but if there's anyone that's going to know it, I think Fisher is going to be someone that, that's a sound reason. Yeah, I like that sound reason and having like out there at Kyle Field and everything, I'm, and the the whole. I learned a lot from Boomer over the last couple of years in these pickums, and it's that there's so much evil in the world, and the SEC is is just awful, and we hate them. And they just win a lot of games, so that's what I did
3: last week. Picked SEC. And uh, you got me convinced. I'm switching my pick. I'm going oh, to am going a and Oh, we got
1: <laughs> Mac right, and Honky on A M. Wow. All right, Boomer? Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson on this since uh, a and kind of inherited the uh, old role of the – when Clemson used to Clemson all the time, a now in that boat. They never take that next step up, so.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Penn State survived an upset bid versus Appalachian State, and they are taking on – Pitt. Anybody willing to take the Panthers here? My God, Penn State looks so bad
0: last week. I mean, I'm not, I'm gonna go. With, I'm going Penn State, but this
3: isn't like as easy as I was wanting it they to be. They clearly missed their offensive coordinator, but I will still pick Penn State.
2: Yeah, it was only yeah. eight and a half as a spread here, which is pretty tight considering Penn State's supposed to be a national title contender. But I will also take the Nittany Lions. All right, probably game of the week and a big one out west is USC going to the farm and taking on Stanford. Who do you got there, Honk? This is a tough one for me because this is my Pac-12
0: championship game. (laughs) Um, I have USC winning the Pac-12, and I'm going to have them win this game here too, so I'll go USC. All right, Mac? Uh,
3: I'll pick the Trojans.
2: Interesting. Boomer? Stanford.
3: Nice, Boomer.
2: I'm also taking Stanford in this one. I think they're a better team. We'll see. All right, uh, another one out west, but including a Big Ten team, is Michigan State heading out to the Valley of the Sun to take on the Fighting Herm Edwards, Arizona State. Uh, Boomer, who do you have in this one? Well, Arizona
1: State looked better than I thought they would. Uh, Granted, it was Texas-San Antonio. Sparty really looked bad, you know, at times against Utah States. Oh, God. Let's go Sun Devils,
2: just for the pain. All right, yeah, that's painful. That'd be painful for the Big Ten. Mac?
3: It's a long way to travel. Uh, They didn't look good last week. I'm probably going to go with the Sun Devils as well.
2: Okay, Hawk?
0: Michigan State always comes out crappy in their first game against somebody at home on Friday night. Uh, they'll get this stuff fixed. The Antonio's a good coach. Michigan State's going to win it.
2: I, too, will take Sparty. I, you're right. They usually do bounce back. Uh, they usually know how to figure out these things relatively quickly. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, Battle the brains here. Duke heading to Evanston to take on Northwestern. Mack.
3: I'm gonna go with the Wildcats. Both are pretty good. Could go either way. I, I, think I couldn't believe they beat Purdue, and I, I was I was impressed with them.
2: Yeah, they definitely looked like the better team. Really, be honest with you. All right, Honk. Yeah, I'll go with Northwestern. Just home game if, for nothing else. Yep. Boomer. Uh Northwestern. They look decent opening night. All right, we'll make that a sweep. I'll take the Wildcats as well. All right, our, our uh, good friends to the east, Iowa, Iowa State. This is in Iowa City. There's Iowas all around here. Uh, Hockey, who do you have?
0: Oh, I will go with the Hawkeyes.
2: Mac, I will take Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. All right, they started slow this week as well. I was at the Iowa Bar here in town with friends. It was not exactly an exciting game. Uh but we'll we'll see. Uh Boomer? Are Iowa games ever really exciting, Dave? Uh No. No, they're really they're not. They're generally uh, very boring.
1: Let's see. We only have about five minutes of Iowa State tape to go off of. Uh let's go, Hawkeyes. Ugh.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I'll probably take the Hawkeyes too. Um just hard to hard to tell. I mean they're home, so. Uh all right, guys. Well, I mean, we probably have a few other we could take, including the Arkansas-Colorado State game, but we don't want to drag CSU's name through the mud any longer, Skip. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll pass on that one because we probably all take the Hogs on that one. Hopefully you enjoy that game there in Fort Collins for what it's worth. Mike but-
3: Bobo's mom is taking the Hogs on that one.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> hey, you never know. Maybe they'll bounce back. Um, all right, guys. Uh, Colorado and Nebraska. This is a hard one to pick. Uh, Nebraska started as a four-point favorite. lines actually grown. It's hard to hard to tell how to how this one will play out. Uh, Honky, why don't you try to go first?
0: Ah, it's an easy pick for me. Nebraska is going to score a lot of points on Colorado's defense. I'm going to pick two games us. worth. Yes, I'm going to go with. 52 to – I'm going to be very kind. I'm going to give them 33.
3: 52 to
2: 33.
3: All
0: right.
2: Mac?
3: I do think – Colorado looked a lot better than I wanted them to last week, and we didn't play. But I still feel like I, – I, I'm really <laughs> impressed that we actually have – we're favored in this game. That surprises me a little bit with how good they looked. But I like, hey, I like how we came out in kickoff return. It looks solid. It's revolutionary. Um, so with Divino Zigbo getting the started running back, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say we're going to be 48 to
1: 28.
2: Boom. All right. That's not bad. Boomer?
1: Well, I'm just hoping the the weather holds out and we can actually get a game in this season. You know, I see that the uh, tropical storm Good. is possibly tracking towards Nebraska, you know, the remnants oh. of it, by, uh, by Saturday. So there's always that, Oscar fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this game's a lot more interesting than I thought it might be. You know, after week one, we know nothing. Colorado looks good. Uh, maybe it's homerism, but we're going to go Nebraska 38, Colorado 35. Tight one. Tight one. Tight one.
2: Yeah, I, I also I see a high-scoring game here. Uh, I, not that our defense can't uh, stop these guys, but I just feel like it's going to be kind of a – um, a race back and forth. I'll take uh, Huskers fifty-two to thirty-five. Let's go that. So okay. somewhere in that neck of the woods. So nice. All right, guys. Let's uh, wrap this up with some parting shots. Honky, take it away. Uh, I just want to reiterate one more time. We are doing this
0: tailgate thing this weekend, and we've got a lot of people that have been listening to us now. Last couple shows, it's it's been growing, and, and social media, it's been growing. And so we kind of get this Redcast Nation thing going, I want to meet some of you guys. I want to hear from you. so it'd be great to have you guys come down, be paying attention on on, on saturday'll we'll, we'll post something again just showing exactly where we're at, but it shouldn't be hard to find. We're going to have a big old banner that says says redcast. so it'd be great to have have you come down and, and say hi, tell us which one you think is the, the best looking or, or the smartest you know and, and um, my feelings won't be hurt too bad. We're
2: going to have a bench press set up, see which one can bench the most. No big deal. No, no promises because uh, technical difficulties could uh, occur, but we might try to do an instant reaction show if we're lucky enough and get something out to everyone on Sunday, hopefully. Uh, Mac, what do you got for us?
3: Yeah, I just kind of want to reiterate what what Hawk just said. I, I'm going to try to make some chili, have that stuff going on. There's probably enough for seven to eight bowls, first come for serve.
0: <laughs> Let's just say there's going to be two different kinds of Budweiser products and two different kinds of Miller ones. Only one kind of Coors. I bought the exact same
3: company. But point is, love La variety. <laughs> for you, you know, school of minds out there, you know, right next to the, the Coors. <laughs> that's right,
2: brewery. that's right. All right, Boomer, what do you
1: got? So with all that variety, honky, you're going to be playing both kinds of music, country and western. Is that what we're going to be experiencing <laughs> there? So that should be all That's right. That's crazy talk. Crazy yeah, it talk really is. Over. Well, I just wanted to give a shout out again to the uh, Fighting Frankies of Ohio. The Bobcats pulled off a, a nice win this week, beginning their march to the uh, inevitable MAC championship. And uh, just taking a quick look at the other ex Husker coach uh, out in Ohio, and oh, yeah. Okay then. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo. yeah, lost.
1: They did. Yeah. To Butler. Yeah. Butler, you know, noted football power. Butler, yeah. wow, Butler. And on the uh, but on the plus side for Youngstown State, they do get West Virginia this week, so that should go with well. oh, Mountain Mama. <laughs> wow, take
3: me home. It's it's hard <laughs> when you can't get the Nebraska transfers to come to your school anymore. Then you actually have to recruit, which is something that Bo never really liked to do. Yep, but he's still right. making
0: still making three hundred and some thousand a month or whatever from us, so he's not hurting.
2: Yeah, he's doing all right. All right, guys. Great show, considering we had no game to talk about. I'm looking forward to next week's show where we can break down the uh, Husker victory over C. For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. We're good. We're back, Mr. Chip.